Alright, good morning everybody. Um, as we said last night, the church parking lot has been iced over and actually it is no better here at my office to be honest with you. I haven't been a soul been up here since Wednesday last week and uh, our driveway and parking lot is still packed about four inches, five inches of snow. So uh, we'll deal with that tomorrow. But I appreciate everybody being online with us this morning. Uh, I was looking forward to this. I was really looking forward to being there with you in person this morning and, and bringing this message to you. The Lord's laid this on my heart. Uh, as an uh, encouragement, as we close out 2020, this is it. This is the last Sunday of the year, um, and we're getting ready to get into 2021. And we need some encouragement, I know. And uh, I, as, we, as we preach this this morning, I just want you to remember this. God makes a way. God makes a way. I know this has been the worst year that most of us have ever experienced in our lives. Uh, and as, as a world, as a nation, it's just been rough. But I want you to always remember, if you don't get anything else out of 2020, remember this, God will make a way. And we're going to look at that this morning. Over in uh, Isaiah 43, we'll be in verse uh, 10 through 19 to 22, something like that. Uh, but I want you to just always remember that even, even in 2021, in 2022, 20, for, uh, here on out, I want you to always remember that God will make a way. He always has and He always will. And so just hang on to that, alright? we got a lot this morning. Uh, man, I, I got on uh, Facebook this morning just for a minute and uh, just seen, I mean, I seen right off the bat four people who's lost a loved one just this morning. Uh, and then over, it started uh, on Christmas Eve, I mean, just a lot of locals here in Watauga that I've known, that I grew up with, grew up knowing are passing away. I mean, the, the obituaries are ridiculously long right now. Um, remember Kim Phillips. Uh, Miss Kim, most of y'all probably remember Kim or know Kim uh, over at the powder mill. Her, her dad passed away this morning about 4.30. Um, I played a little skags and rice there for you this morning. Uh, one, of the, one of my bluegrass, uh, one of the bluegrass icons, one of the role models for a lot of people, Tony Rice passed away. And, I mean, we got a lot of people uh, going on to be with the Lord. Um, can't help but be a little jealous, but they're going on, so they're better off right now than a whole lot better off than we are. So we just got a lot to pray about, and I want you to remember uh, Miss Mary McGuire and be Tabitha's mom. She's over here at Watauga right now in the hospital. She tested positive yesterday for COVID, and um, so they brought her over here to, to be taken care of. So remember that family, too, Preacher Bill and, and all of them. Uh, so just just got a lot going on here at the end of the year. Just to continue to pray. As the Bible tells us, pray without ceasing. Don't stop your praying. I know we're getting tired, we're getting weary, uh, but don't stop what you're doing. Keep praying, keep praying uh, everything that you got before the Lord, and, and He hears it. And, and like the Bible tells us plainly, when, when we can't pray, and he, he hears our moaning, our groaning. He hears it, and it's because of the Holy Spirit, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. So again, we're going to be in Isaiah 43, and we're going to be looking at several things this morning, and I've got several points for you. I've got some stories to go along with these, because I feel like uh, with, with, with the, the topic of God will make a way, we need to hear how God can make a way other than what we read in the Bible. Sometimes it, it connects with us if, if we hear of other people being uh, affected in a good way by the Lord and how He's brought them out of... Uh, out of a wilderness or out of, you know, out of temptation or whatever it might be. So I'm going to have some stories to go along with this uh, today as, as we preach. So um, There is a song out there. I love the song Waymaker. 
God is a way maker. And while you're sitting at home, I just want you to say amen. Because you know God is a way maker. Every one of us has experienced His mercy and His grace. We've all experienced a way or a time in our lives where He has made a way for us. When we felt like we couldn't go on any further, God just knocks down another bush. He knocks down another tree. And he's, he keeps clearing that path out for us. And so He has made a way for each one of us. As you study the history of Israel, and that's where we're really going to be this morning, as you study the history of Israel, you'll find out that God always made a way for them. Every single time. He made a way for them out of Egypt. He made a way for them to cross the Red Sea. He made a way for them out of the wilderness. He made a way for them into the Promised Land. God always makes a way for His people. And we've got to always remember that. And I'm glad that I serve a God, a living, loving God that has great power to make a way for me because I know in my heart I can't do it on my own. I know that with all my being, with every ounce of energy and power in my body, I can't do it, but I know someone that can. I know a man that can do it. And I praise God every day that He is that powerful, that He is so strong that He can make a way for me. When I feel like there ain't no way, He can do it. He's going to blaze that trail for me. God is unchangeable. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change. So the God from yesterday that brought the children of Israel out of bondage is the God that's going to help us today get through whatever the situation is today. But I'll tell you this, He's going to make a way for you tomorrow too. It ain't going to stop just today. And it didn't stop yesterday. It's forever. His love for us is everlasting and never ending. The grace and the mercy that He bestows upon us every single day, it goes on forever. And so He is not going to leave us. He's not going to abandon us. He's going to continue to make a way for us when we feel like there ain't no hope. There is hope. And it's in Jesus. If you've got your Bibles open and you want to you read along with me, set your coffee cup down just a second. Paisley, put your pancakes down and, and read along with me. We're going to be in... Uh, Isaiah 43 starting at verse 10 Bible says ye are my witness saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he before me there was no God formed neither shall there be after me and it says I even I am the Lord and beside me there is no Savior I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you Wherefore ye are my witness, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am He, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I have sent to Babylon, and have brought down all their nobles and Chaldeans, whose cry is in the ships." I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Now look, verse 16, one more time, he says, Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way. Now remember that one. Verse 17 says, Which bringeth forth the chariot and horses and army and the power. They shall lie down together and they shall not rise they are extinct, they are quenched as tow. 
Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Now listen again. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way, here he said it again, in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed myself, they shall show forth my praise. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, but thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Let's pray. Father God, this morning as uh, we have opened up uh, this final Sunday in 2020, Lord, I don't know that we'll have the first Sunday in 2021. Uh, Lord, I think a lot of us uh, continue to, to pray and and Lord, we're looking to the eastern sky right now. We're looking for your, your second coming. We're looking, uh, God, for you to come back and take your bride. Bring your church back home with you. And Father, if it be thy will this week, Lord, if the rapture is to hit, Father, that would just please us all. But Father, before that happens, if there be one listening this morning that does not know your Son and the free pardon sin, God, I pray that they come and know accept Him today before it's everlasting too late. Lord, I pray that you'd lay the conviction on their heart, make it heavy, make it hurt. God, I pray that you would uh, just just make them weary and know that they can't do this anymore. They can't go on without your Son, Jesus Christ, anymore, that they need Him as a personal Savior. God, I pray for liberty today. Lord, I just ask that you would uh, grant it, loosen my tongue, Lord, to just bind up Satan and his demons outside the doors of our homes, outside our hearts, so that we can worship this morning. We can, even though we're apart, Lord, we are together this morning because we're worshiping this morning in your Son's name. And God, I pray that you would just bless our time together. Lord, bless the homes that are represented this morning. And God, I pray that you just have a touch in each one of our lives. Keep us safe, keep us healthy. All in your Son's name we pray. Amen. Alright, I've got a few things we're going to look at this morning. Let's look at some ways that, that He can make a way for us. And He can make a way for each one of us. Number one, He can. God will make a way in the time of trouble. In the time of trouble. Psalm 50, 15 says, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. So he's telling us when we get in trouble to call upon him. Now you might be sitting there this morning saying, Preacher, this has absolutely nothing to do with me. I'm not in any trouble. So I don't need to hear this this morning. Well, you need to hear it. You might not need it right now. So go ahead and like my preacher says, salt it down and put it in your back pocket because you're going to need it at some point. Okay? You're going to need this. Uh, the Bible gives us two testimonies of two great men. you got Job over in the Old Testament. And then you're going to have Paul over here in the New Testament. One thing these men had in common was they faced troubles. You know Job's troubles. You see how everything was taken away from him. Everything. But then you see where God brought it all back to him and gave him more than he ever had. And then you go over here and you look at Paul and look at all the things that Paul went through in the New Testament. All the, the, the persecution that he went through, the beatings, all that he, he went through in the name of Jesus. He done everything because he loved Jesus. Job loved God. And so these men, were they were persecuted. And, and they went through a lot. But God always, always made a way for them. Not one time did He not make a way for them. He always brought them through. And there was a, a survivor 
and this is one of those stories. I got a lot of these this morning, but it just it helps you relate to how God can make a way. There was a survivor of a shipwreck one time, and he didn't have a lot. He was on this little bitty tiny island, and uh, he didn't have a lot with him. So he gathered up all the supplies from the shipwreck and and put them over in the corner of this island, and he built a shed over it, and that's all he had left of the of the world. Everything that was left from that wreck. And he had it all piled up under a little shed. So one day he was out hunting and he's getting in some food, trying to find some food. And when he come back, he found the shed and went up in smokes, so totally in flames. And he, he lost everything. And so he got down. And he said, Lord, why me? Why did you allow me to lose everything? And he was down and out. Well, the next day, a ship showed up. And the captain of the ship said, we seen your smoke signal yesterday, so we thought we'd get out here and see what was going on. We've seen you smoke signal. That was God. God made a way for him. By allowing him to lose all the worldly possessions that he had, he was able to be rescued and to be saved. If our lives are in God's hands, all things work together for good. All things, good or bad, are going to work together for good. That's biblical. That's not me saying that. That's biblical. Psalm 138 tells us, Though I walk in the midst of the trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Wallace Johnson, this is another story I want to tell you. This is a good one right here. Wallace Johnson, he was the builder of all the Holiday Inns, or started out with the Holiday Inns. And he said, when I was 40 years old, I worked in a sawmill. One morning, the, the boss told me, he said, you're fired. He said, I was depressed and discouraged. I felt like the world had caved in on me. It was during the Depression, and my wife and I greatly needed the small wages I had been earning. When I went home and told my wife what happened, she asked, what are we going to do now? He replied, I'm going to mortgage that, our little home and go into the building business. My first venture was the construction of two small buildings. Within five years, I was a multimillionaire. He said, today, if I could locate the man who fired me, I would thank him for what he did. At the time it happened, I didn't understand why I was fired. Later, I saw that it was God's plan to get me into the way of his choosing. It was God's plan to bring this man inside of God's will. So he allowed him to get fired from a sawmill job to become a, a, multi, a multi-millionaire. I'll get out in a minute. Now, I'm not saying we're all going to get fired and become millionaires. And honestly, I don't want that. I'm happy where I'm at. I feel like right now I'm in the center of God's will. I, I, I know that I mess up. I feel like I'm where I need to be. So He has made a way for me to be where I'm at. He's made a way for you to be where you're at. If you're not where you need to be, He's going to make a way for you to be where you need to be, and that's going to be in the center of God's will. Where are you right now? Are you where you need to be? I can't answer that. But I hope you are. And if you're not, He's going to make a way for you. Psalm 91.15 says, I will be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him. That's God right there. I will be with Him in trouble. And then he says, I will deliver him and honor him. And number two, God will make a way in times of trials. We get, we, we've been in a trial, right? I've been a, it's been a lengthy trial. It's been almost a year of trial. But God has been with us through this trial. 1 John 3.13, the Bible tells us, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. That's a, that's a strong word right there. That word, hate, that's extremely strong word. That's one of the things as a parent that we teach our, our youngins that hate is a strong, powerful word. We don't hate 
anything. We might dislike something, but you don't use the word hate. But right here, this is John telling us, it says, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. The world hates us. As a Christian, as Christians, the world hates us with a purple passion. The Scripture tells us that, that we'll have trials, we're going to have afflictions from the old world that we live in right now. And we are, and we continue, and we will. We're going to continue into 2021. We're still going to get those trials and those afflictions from the world. We need to remember, though, that this world took the sinless Son of Man, sinless Son of God, and nailed, nailed Him to a cross. This world is that corrupt, that crooked, that they took a sinless, blameless man and they nailed him to a cross. The world hated Jesus and they're going to hate you. If you love Jesus, the world's going to hate you. They just don't have much love for us. Even though we are the, the, we're the ones out here trying to be His hands and feet. We're the ones out here trying to help bring peace to the world and the world hates us. Same with Jesus. Here he was going out and healing and teaching and preaching and doing the Father's work here on earth and they hated him and they crucified him. The reasons many are not having many afflictions in this world right now, they're giving in to the world. And by giving in to the world, they're going along with what the world's telling them. And so they feel like there's no afflictions because they are part of the world. But we're not of the world. And so we are going to have afflictions. That's biblical too. John Huss. John, I remember, I've read this before, and I may have said this to y'all before, but John Huss was a, he was a pastor over in Prague. And this is back in 1450. This is a long, long time ago. Um, but this, this pastor was condemned and sentenced to burn at the stake. Now, I want you to listen to this. This was his prayer. When, when, when Huss heard his sentence, he fell on his knees and he prayed to this. He said, Lord Jesus, forgive my enemies. And then when they chained him to the stake to burn him, he prayed out again. He said, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Let me never be ashamed. Can you imagine that? Being burned at the stake for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and being martyred for it. God made a way for him to allow him to preach, allowed him to continue to be a witness up into death. That is what He will do for us. He will make a way for us even into death. Now number three, God will make a way in times of temptation. In times of temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13 There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common, in, uh, common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And that, that's Paul right there speaking to us. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to record this at the same time so I can put it on the church page after a while. Uh, there was this little boy, you'll love this, this little boy, and, and he was saving his money. All he wanted was a brand new baseball bat. And he's saving his money, but he was struggling to save enough money. So one night as he was saying his prayers in bed, his mom overheard him, and he said, Oh Lord, please help me save my money from a baseball bat. And he said, Oh God, don't let the ice cream man come down my street anymore. What a prayer. Because he knew what that temptation was. Lord, don't let the ice cream truck come back down my street anymore. Because I need to buy the bat. I need to save my money. But I'm tempted. 
I'm tempted. Temptation comes not at our strongest. Temptation comes when we are at our weakest. That's when we give in to the temptation, when we're at wit's end. We are tempted, and at our wit's end is when we are the most unchristlike that we will ever be in our life because we're on the verge of giving up. We're on the verge of letting it go and just whatever, whatever happens, happens. But I need you to remember this. Jesus, Jesus was tempted after 40 days of fasting. Now, we can go about 40 days without food. We can go a few days without water. But we can go about 40 days without food. If you fasted ever before, I don't care if it's been for a day or three days or whatever. If you've ever fasted, you know you get a little moody. As the Snickers commercial says, you get a little, a little hangry. You're, you're, you're hungry and you're angry at the same time from fasting. So, Jesus fasted for 40 days. 40 days and then that's when Satan tempted him because he knew he's at his weakest point. The same with us. When we have hit rock bottom, when we are at our weakest point, that's when the devil's going to show up. That's when the devil steps up and he says, now you're mine. And that's when we've got to be at our strongest. People usually are more impressed when they see us act under pressure, especially a Christian. When they see us when we cannot bear anymore and then we just continue to stand strong on his word, and rely on Jesus Christ to get us through it, people are impressed. That's when people come to know and accept Jesus because they can see a testimony. You may not have to say much, but they can see Jesus on you and they know that you've got something that they need. You, they know it and they're going to go for it. One week act though may spoil a whole lifetime of witness. So you've got to be careful. you got to. You can ruin your testimony in your weakest moments. Be careful with that. Have you ever watched a, a dog... With a really well-trained dog with his master. The master can take just a piece of food and lay it down on the floor and tell that dog no. And that dog will watch the master. He'll never look down at that piece of food. He will always look up at the master's face and stare at it because he knows if he looks at that piece of food on the floor that he's going to be tempted. Well, folks, right there is a lesson for each one of us. If we would just keep our eyes on the Master, we will, and not on the world, we won't be tempted. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus and we'll not be tempted. As soon as you take your eyes off Jesus and your worldly things around us, we're going to be tempted. And we're going to, we're going to get hurt. We're going to be, we'll be burnt by the world. There's a, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, not the way you're thinking, but Martin Luther, an old preacher, he said this one time, he was asked uh, how he overcame the devil. I love this. I love his reply to this right here. He said, well, when he comes knocking upon the door of my heart and asks who lives here, the dear Lord Jesus goes to the door and he says, Martin Luther used to live here, but he's moved out. Now I live here. The devil, seeing the nail prints in his hands and the pierced sides, takes flight immediately. I love that. It is good for, he keeps going, he says, it is good for every life and for every home to have Jesus as a permanent resident. This assured heavenly blessing are sure to fall upon such bodies. That's, that's, a, that's old English there. But that's, that's what we all need. We need Him living in our homes. We need Him living in our hearts. So when the devil comes knocking on your door and Jesus goes up to that door and opens it and that devil says, who lives here? He's, he's going to be able to say, well, Chad Cole used to live here, but now I've moved in. The old man's moved out, and now Jesus is there. 
And that's what we all have. We have to have that in our hearts. We've got to have that in our homes as well. Remember that. Always remember that. If people want the Lord to make a way for them when tempted, they need to be feasting on the Word of God and not the garbage of the world. Word of God, not the garbage of the world. We have got to get more focused on the Word of God. We have let too much worldly stuff get in our lives. We are so focused on stats and numbers and watching the news and seeing who's doing what and how many are dying and how many are living and how many have all this. We're so focused on the world right now that we have pulled our nose out of the Word of God and stuck it straight in the computer, straight in the TV. Get your nose, get your heart back in the Word of God and feast. Feast on the Word. Feast on the, the living Word of God and not the garbage of the world. Number four, God will make a way in the time of trusting. In the time of trusting. Psalms 34, 6 says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. I'm going to read that again because I want you to hear that last part. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. When we cry out to God, He hears us. And He's going to save us. We've got to cry out to God though. He still hears us. Even when we're down and out and we, we can't cry out anymore. We're out of tears. We can't talk. We're just as low as we can get. He still hears us. He still knows what's going on. He knows our, our hearts. He knows our prayers. When you put your trust and prayer to God, He will make a way for you in a time of need. And I'm going to read you a couple of dates right here because this is all this is all history. This is all, and these are facts right here. And I want you to to really listen. They don't teach you this stuff in school. You're going to hear it today, though. Prayer, <clears throat> prayer in 1620 safely guided the Mayflower with the Pilgrims to the New World. <clears throat> prayer in 1623 saved the Pilgrim Fathers from starvation. Prayer in 1777 at Valley Forge saved the Continental Army and won the war for the American independence. Prayer in 1787 in Philadelphia saved the Constitutional Convention and gave birth to the American way of life. Prayer in 1857 <clears throat> saved America from economic destruction. Prayer in 1918 ended World War I. Now listen to this. Lack of prayer in 1939 started World War II. And this is one of my favorites. This was a couple years ago. <clears throat> and his prayer in 1940 saved England at Dunkirk. And this is where all the servicemen from all these different nations were lost at sea, but they were saved. But it was through prayer. You're not going to catch that in movies, and you're not going to find any of that stuff in history books. They're taking it out. But folks, I, and I'm not going to get political on here. I ain't going to get on my little soapbox because you know how I feel about our forefathers. But folks, our forefathers built this country on biblical standards and principles. That's why we, we are blessed the way that we are right now because of how we was built and how we was founded. And when we start getting away from that, we're going to start losing our blessings. We're going to start losing that protective hand that God's put over us right now. We've got to stay in the Word and we've got to come back to where we came from. We've got to come back to the Word of God. We've got to come back to where our forefathers started. And that was as, uh, as God and, and the Word of God as our, our cornerstone in all that we do. Again, I'm not going to get on my soapbox. Um, 
So I got another story for you on this one. It was almost the time for the old-fashioned revival hour to go on air. The broadcast was done in a tin-roof tabernacle in Waterloo, Iowa. As Dr. Charles Fuller stood at the microphone, a heavy rain started to fall and pound the tin roof, making it impossible for the message to be heard. Dr. Fuller prayed. Now listen to this prayer. He said, Lord, if you, if you don't stop the rain, the old-fashioned revival hour will not be able to go out over the air. For Jesus' sake, please stop the rain. Within three minutes, the rain stopped and the program went on without an interference. Now listen to this. Five minutes after the program ended, a torrential downpour hit it. Five minutes. Can you imagine that? That's just, that is the, the power of prayer. It's amazing. God will make a way if we'll just trust Him and call His name. He will make a way. In Jesus' name, Lord, save me. In Jesus' name, we need rain. In Jesus' name, keep us safe. In Jesus' name, keep us healthy. If we fail to call upon Him, we will be able, we, if we fail to call upon Him and trust Him, we'll be in trouble. Now look at Isaiah 43.22 again. It says, But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, but thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. He didn't call on him. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob. He didn't utter a word to God. We've got to be uttering words. We've got to be crying out. We've got to be calling on God in our times of need. This, uh, this is something I, I remember reading back when I worked at Samaritan's Personal World Medical Mission that there was, when, when the early Christians uh, over in Africa, the, the African Christian converts, we'll call it that, uh, when they were, when they had just started to, to do their, their devotions and prayer, they would leave their villages and they would go out into the fields and each one of these, these Christians, new Christians, had their own place to go and pray in these fields. And so they had these trails worn out and these little areas where they got down and prayed. And I want to read this to you. It said, Each one reportedly had separate spots in the thicket where the, they poured their heart out to God. The several paths to these little Bethels, is what they're called, became distinctly marked. And when, they, when anyone began to decline in devotions... It was soon apparent to the others. They would then kindly remind him, saying, Brother, the grass grows on your path yonder. The grass grows on your path yonder. That means you ain't going to the Lord in prayer. Now, we don't have to go out into a thicket, but we all need our own Bethel. We all need our own place where we can go and pray to God. But we also need brothers and sisters that have enough love for us to come to us and say that the grass grows on your path yonder. Your prayer life is struggling. How long has it been since you've been to the Lord in prayer? So remember that. Don't let the grass grow in your thicket. Grass grow over yonder. Keep it down. Keep your grass, keep it pounding down. Now number five, and the last one, God will make a way in times of transgressions. Psalm 32.1 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. There's a little boy came running up to the house one time with his. Uh, he'd been outside playing in the dirt, and he came running up to the house. His mom stopped him and asked him what he was, what was on his right hand. He said, "Mom, that's mud. I got mud all over me, just a little mud though." And the mom said, "Then uh, how are you plan on getting that mud off your right hand?" And he said, "Well, I'm just going to use my left hand that's clean and wipe it off." 
So think about that. There's, there's a problem with that little boy's plan. One dirty hand and one clean hand equals two dirty hands. That's the problem. That's the trouble that we have with people nowadays. They have dirty hands because they have dirty hearts. They have dirty hands because they have dirty sin in their hearts. We're just like that little boy. We're wiping this dirty, sinful mess off on others, on, on these clean things. They need to let the Lord make a way and forgive them of their transgressions. We try to wipe it off with the other hand, but it just keeps getting worse and worse. We try to get rid of it our, on our own, but it just keeps spreading. We've got to take that old dirty hand and just give it to the Lord and say, Lord, clean me up. Take it, wipe it, make it white as snow, Lord. Clean me up so that I can serve you better. So I can stop spreading this sin, this, these transgressions all over me. Lord, clean me. In the early days of his struggle, uh, and some of y'all may, I've quoted Augustine before, but I love to hear some of the prayers of Augustine. And it, it, he, he struggled with truth as an early Christian. And I'm going to read you three of his prayers. They're not long. The first prayer said, Lord, save me from my sins, but not quite yet. The second one, he prayed a little bit later. He said, Lord, save me from all my sins except one. And finally, his final prayer said, Lord, save me from all my sins and save me now. It was when he made that final decision against evil that the victory was his. He listened to it. He says, Lord, save me from all my sins. And he didn't say tomorrow. He said now. And that's exactly what happens to us when we are saved. Lord, save me now. Boom. It happens. Most of the time it happens before you ever get to the altar. Most of the time you realize in your heart how lost you are and He saves you. Right then and there. Before you ever stand up, before you ever get back on your knees, you're saved. That's how He works. And I'm thankful that God can make a way in the time of troubles, the times of trials, trials uh, the temptations, the trust, and the transgressions. That all that we go through, God will make a way, I promise you. He will make a way for each one of us. But we've got to let Him do it. We've got to give it to Him. I'm going to give you one more story, and then I'm going to shut up and let you get back to, to whatever you're doing. And this is, this is another truth. Everything I've told you today is true. All this, you can find it anywhere. This is, this is true. It says, shortly after the Dallas Theological Seminary was founded in 1924, it almost had to close. The creditors were about to foreclose at noon one day. President Louis Schaefer met with his faculty at the office, praying that God would provide. There was Dr. Harry Ironside who prayed in a characteristic style. And this was his prayer. He said, Lord, we know that the cattle on a thousand hills are thine. Please sell some of them and send us the money. Meanwhile, a Texas businessman stepped into the seminary business office saying, I just sold two car loads of cattle. This was on uh, rail cars. He said, I just sold two car loads of cattle in Fort Worth, but could not make the deal go through. I feel compelled to give the money to the seminary. I don't care if you need it or not, but here's the check. The secretary took the check and timidly knocked on the door of the prayer meeting. When the Dr. Schaefer took the check out of her hand, it was for the exact amount of the debt. Turning to Dr. Ironside, Schaefer said, Harry, God sold the cattle. Literally, He sold the cattle. Uh, this morning, I, I hope you get a little something out of this. Just, again, God will make a way. 
I promise you, God will make a way for you. So there's struggles. We're all struggling with something. God's going to get you through it. Don't give up on Him. All right? He's not going to give up on us. Let's not give up on Him. He's going to get us through it. And we need to be praying as we, uh, we're we looking. What Friday will be in a new year. And, and I feel like 2021, we can look back and, and uh, you know, unfortunately we can say hindsight's 2020 <laughs> this Friday, I guess. But we can look back and we can see through 2020, through the job losses, the, the family losses, uh, through the struggles, the trials that we've all been through, we can actually look back and say, God made a way for us. God done this for us. God done that for us. And that's going to just build up our testimony for Him. And it's going to be, it's going to be used to glorify Him and to praise Him. And hopefully, it's going to help us to build up His kingdom and, and just, again, pat our testimony. So I hope you have a great Sunday with your families and uh, be safe, be careful. We're going to close out and then uh, I'll be back here tomorrow morning with uh, your your weekly devotion. Let's pray. And God, this morning as uh, we close out, uh, Lord, we just thank you for being faithful. Lord, we thank you for always making a way for us when we feel like there's, there is no way. God, you, you was there with Job and you was there with Paul. You was there with David and you was there with Daniel and you was there with Moses. You was there with Jacob. Lord, you, you've been with so many people, Father, and you've brought them through their problems. you brought them through their trials. you brought them through temptations. you brought them through transgressions. But you've brought them through it. You have made the way. And Father, as each one of us this morning struggle with something in our hearts, Lord, I pray today that uh, we would just continue just to give it to you and just allow you to make a way with it. Lord, we pray for a new year to be a blessed year. As we look forward to 2021 and, and all the great things that are getting ready to take place, we've got, we've got vaccinations coming down the line, we've got uh, cures coming, we've got, we've got so much hope. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just bless us and Lord, just open up our eyes to see your goodness and all that's going on. May we get back to, to normal. I don't want it to be a new norm. Lord, I, I pray that it would get back to the way it used to be. Uh, the way we used to worship, the way that we used to love and embrace each other. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless uh, these families that are listening this morning and keep them all safe and healthy. And, and my blessing or my prayer for them is that uh, you bless them in 2021. Father, we love you. God, we praise you today. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, I hope you all have a great rest of your Sunday, and I'll see you tomorrow morning.